Hello and welcome back to another episode. I am your host, Mike Jezoshek, and today's topic is what is the difference between an independent contractor and an employee? Now, let's face it. The independent contractor versus employee discussion is not going away. It's one that's been going on for a while, and it's actually becoming even more important. With COVID happening, you see so many people starting new business ventures, which brings this question to the forefront, and you also see states starting to crack down on this exact topic. So with that being said, what we want to do is go through what you need to know when it comes to determining if a worker should be an independent contractor or an employee, because this is going to play a major role in how you're determining this, how you're paying them, and so many different things. So to get started, we kind of want to talk about just definitions of the two. What is an independent contractor? What is an employee? And to do that, we're going to read from the IRS website. So I want to kind of define these two different roles directly on how the IRS says they should be defined. So what is an independent contractor? Per the IRS website, the general rule is that an individual is an independent contractor if the payer or the business owner, the person paying the individual, has the right to control or direct only the result of the work and not what will be done and how it will be done. And then they go on to say, you are not an independent contractor if you perform services that can be controlled by an employer, what will be done and how it will be done. This applies even if you are given freedom of action. Now, what matters is that the employer has the legal right to control the details of how the services are performed. So you'll see within that definition that the word control or controlled comes up quite a bit. So I just want to read that again, just kind of go through it again. The general rule is that an individual is an independent contractor if the payer or business person paying the individual has the right to control or direct only the result of the work and not what will be done and how it will be done. You are not an independent contractor. If you perform services that can be controlled by an employer, what will be done and how it will be done? This applies even if you are given freedom of action. What matters is that the employer has the legal right to control the details of how the services are performed. So that's what is that's how kind of what the IRS describes as an independent contractor. Now, typically professionals who are in an independent trade that offer their services to the general public are typically going to be general contractors. Think of doctors, lawyers, accountants, plumbers, electricians, roofers that have their own practice or business in place. Typically, this is what we think of as an independent contractor. We're going to go in the details of some of those parameters around it, but just know that every fact and circumstance of every situation is going to be different. So now let's go to the IRS's definition. What is an employee? And per the IRS website, they say anyone who performs services for you is your employee if you can control what will be done and how it will be done. This is so even when you give employee freedom of action, what matters is, is that you have the right to control the details of how the services are performed. Again, this is kind of that same definition of what an independent contractor is not, which makes sense. Uh, but again, they say anyone who performs services for you is your employee. If you can control what will be done and how it will be done, this is so even when you give the employee freedom of action. What matters is that you have the right to control the details of how the services are performed. And again, we're going to focus on that control piece. Now, this is often going to be an individual that does not offer their services to the public, but rather works 100% for one company. Think of a plumber or an attorney that does work for only one company without offering their services to the general public generally stating that's going to be an employee. 
You know, so you can have a plumber that is an independent contractor or should be classified as an independent contractor, but you could also have a plumber that should be classified as an employee. It's just the fact and facts and circumstances that come down to it. Now, the real question is why is independent contractor versus employee such a big deal? Why does it matter? Uh, and, and let's face it, in a perfect world, every worker would be an independent contractor. And the reason is, is that with independent contractors, you do not need to, to withhold any taxes. That includes federal and state withholding, FICA, which would be Social Security and Medicare, unemployment taxes. You don't have to pay benefits. You're not subject to most labor laws. You simply pay your contractor for the work they perform and then your job is done. There's no tax withholdings or anything like that involved in it. And then as an independent contractor, you are the one that's responsible for paying the taxes on the profit, which would be income minus expenses from the services or service that you're providing. Now, the reason it's such a big deal is because both state and federal agencies are attacking businesses that are incorrectly classifying their workers. They prefer that you classify workers as employees because then you're paying unemployment insurance premiums, you're withholding taxes, you know the government knows they're going to get paid, you're providing workers' compensation insurance, and not to mention the employees or the people working for you are also protected by state and federal laws that protect worker rights. So when we look at, at why it's such a big deal, it's because both federal and state agencies want or prefer people to be classified as employees if they qualify for that because they can have some guaranteed revenue. They know they're going to get paid on those taxes. So this is really an area that you do not want to try and trick the government as you could really end up paying large back taxes, fines, penalties, judgments. If you were to get caught paying a worker as an independent contractor, that should be an employee. So the real question comes down to is, how do I determine if a worker is an independent contractor or an employee? We talked about those definitions, but let's kind of dig a little bit deeper. Dip deeper. From those definitions, you'll notice that a common theme, it really comes down to control. Who controls the relationship? And really, again, we kind of mentioned it comes down to the facts and circumstances of each individual situation. Not every business will be the same. You know, one person might hire a plumber as an independent contractor, where another business might hire them as an employee based on their specific situation and facts and circumstances. And when we talk about how do you determine it, the IRS has three general rules to help with this piece. The first one is behavioral. Does the company control or have the right to control what the worker does and how the worker does his or her job? The second rule is financial. Are the business aspects of the worker's job controlled by the payer, the business owner that's paying them? These include things like how the worker is paid, whether expenses are reimbursed, who provides the tools and supplies for the work that they're doing. And then the third piece is type of relationship. Are there written contracts or employee type benefits? Think of retirement, pension plans, vacation pay. Uh, are there things like that? Will the relationship continue uh, beyond just kind of one project or one job? And is the work performed a key aspect of the business? So these are the three factors that the, the IRS looks at, behavioral, financial, and type of relationship. So to break it down further, what we're going to say is, is kind of break those deeper into a little bit more specific definitions. If you have a worker that is following some of these things, they're gonna. it's going to look more like an employee relationship. So the comments, I'm, I'm going to list kind of a, a bunch of different scenarios. And if those scenarios match your workers, that means that they're probably an employee relationship. So the first one is you have control over the day-to-day -day details of the worker. 
such as specific instructions, or you have a, a boss or supervisor that's monitoring them. Another one would be you reimburse the worker for expenses incurred. So they have travel expenses, you're reimbursing them. They provide their own tools, they provide their own equipment, things like that. If, if you are providing that reimbursement, you are providing those tools, you are providing that equipment, that's going to tend to be an employee relationship. It's going to be an employee relationship if you determine the price or rate for the worker that's working for you. You determine when and how much the worker will be working. You have no independent contractor agreement in place. Again, you're going to lead to more of a, you're going to trend toward that employee relationship. It's going to tend to an employee if, if the worker operates as an individual, or, or meaning that they don't have an LLC or DBA or company name that they're working under. It's going to be tend to be an employee if the worker only does work for you and no one else, and they intend to work there indefinitely. It's not like a project-by-project project basis. They just intend to have this worker there for the foreseeable future. Uh, and, and finally, if you provide benefits or vacation and sick days, again, that's going to tend to lead to be more of an employee-type relationship. Now, let's look at it on the flip side. It would look more like a contractor if the worker primarily decides how they're going to work. They decide how much they're going to charge for the work. They work for other companies. They have uh, business expenses that are unreimbursed. Uh, they have a possibility of incurring a loss on the job. You know, let's say they have expenses that are higher, unreimbursed expenses that are higher than what they're getting paid. They have a potential to lose money on the job. They bring their own tools and equipment or they work on a project by project basis and not indefinitely. So those are some of the key differentiators. Okay, what is, uh, you know, what are some key aspects of, of a typical employee and what are some key aspects of a, a typical independent contractor? At the end of the day, typically we say in most cases, it's usually pretty clear how the worker should be classified. And, and I always say if they're meant to be an employee, you simply have to suck it up and treat them that way. It's, it's the way that it needs to be done. It's not a decision you make. It's not a decision that the worker makes. It's where do the facts and circumstances line up and how should they be treated? So if it is an employee, suck it up, pay them as an employee, treat them as an employee. However, if you truly believe that they can be treated as a contractor and you're going through those items that we talked about, be sure you document the reasons why they're an independent contractor. And do not be afraid to move forward that way. That is totally fine. There's a lot of people that do classify and qualify as an independent contractor. We just want to make sure that you're doing your due diligence and making sure you're checking that. And also, as part of our tax minimization program, we have a list of questions that you can go through. Um, they're going to really help make this determination easier for you. Basically, it's a kind of a yes or no. So it's a question. It's a yes or no, and then it will spit out, okay, this is leaning towards independent contractor, or this is leaning towards employee. And then you can take the answers to all those questions and kind of determine what that worker is leaning towards for the most part. Uh, so again, this is a, a, a worksheet that we have as part of our tax minimization program. If you're not a member yet, now may be a good time to sign up as this is just one of, of many topics that we talk on or touch on within our program. So if you want more information on our tax minimization program, go to taxsavingspodcast.com forward slash tax. Go to taxsavingspodcast.com forward slash tax or just go to the website and click join program. So now we want to take, now we kind of know what does the IRS look at, behavioral, financial, and the type of relationship, really coming down to this control piece. But then something came through. California passed something called this AB5 law. And basically, this established an ABC test to determine whether California workers should be classified employees or not. And many states are starting to implement something similar to this, although 
definitely not as stringent. So under the ABC test, workers are assumed to be employees unless that worker meets every one of those tests, the A, B, and the C test. A, so test A is the worker is free from the control and direction of the hiring entity in connection with the performance of the work, both under the contract and in fact. So that's number one. Number two is that the worker performs work that is outside the usual course of hiring entities business. And number three is uh, is a customer. It's it's the customarily engaged in independently established trade, occupation, or business of the same nature as that that's involved in the work performed. So again, in this ABC test, workers are assumed to be employees automatically unless they meet every single one of these tests, free from the control and direction of the of the hiring entity in connection with the performance of the work, performs work that is outside the usual course of the hiring entity's business, and is customarily engaged in an independently established trade, occupation, or business of the same nature that is involved in the work performed. So think of it this way. If you are a law firm that is hiring somebody to come in and do uh, new plumbing within your office building. They would meet that ABC test. So that worker is is definitely an independent contractor. But now we run into an issue that imagine you're a law firm and you have a case that you're just going to bring on an attorney for. It's one case you're bringing that attorney on for. They're going to use their own equipment and everything else, but it's just one case that you want uh, to bring that attorney in for. Technically, part B of that ABC test would not be satisfied. And so that's where this law has really caused some issues when we're looking at independent contractor versus employee. Now, luckily, I want to add that California has provided a bunch of exemptions to this ABC test. And there's currently over 100 that you can find. And if you look at our in our show notes, we have a link on our blog post to a section in the California law where you can find those exemptions. So this AB5 law, when it initially passed, was very scary for a lot of California companies, and it was scary for other states that maybe were trying to replicate that law. But fortunately, they have provided some exemptions, so that AB5 law is not as strict as we initially thought. It still is just something you really want to be careful of. So let's wrap it up. You know, what is an independent contractor versus employee? Let's wrap that up, and let's talk about some common mistakes that we see small business owners make in this area. Oftentimes, you would rather pay a worker as an independent contractor, and oftentimes that worker would actually prefer to be paid as an independent contractor as well. But ultimately, it's not a choice that you or the worker get to make. You need to follow both state and federal laws to ensure that you are in compliance, and whatever parameters the state and federal laws have, you are determining that worker or that classification of that worker based on the facts and circumstances of those questions. Remember some of the things that we talked about previously, uh, the behavior, uh, who has control, who's determining the price or the rate of the worker, um, who determines when the worker is going to be working, things like that. Now, much of the determination between independent contractor versus employee comes down to control. Who controls what will be done and how it will be done? If the business controls or has a majority of the control in the relationship, that's going to tend to be an employee relationship. If the worker tends to have much of that control, how the work there's how the work that they're going to be doing is going to be done, uh, what work they're going to be doing is going to be uh, what work they're going to be doing, if that much of that control lands in the worker, that's going to lean towards independent contractor. Again, look at those questions that we went through. 
If you determine that a worker is an independent contractor, great. Nothing wrong with that. Just be sure to record and keep on file why and ensure that you have a solid basis to stand on. In case a state or federal agency challenges this, you want to make sure you have a good supporting evidence to stand on. And and here's here's something we always say. If it looks like an employee, acts like an employee, is paid like an employee, it's probably an employee and just bite the bullet. You know, face the fact that it's an employee. You don't want to have to fight this down the road. And one of the biggest mistakes or big mistake that we see a lot is just because your friend who is a business owner does it one way. First off, it doesn't mean that they're doing it correctly. It also doesn't mean that you have the same circumstances, the same fact and circumstances as your friend. So every situation and every circumstance is going to be different. Make sure that you're doing this based on the data that you have for your business and your specific workers and not basing your conclusion based on the way somebody else is doing it because that the way that they're doing it might simply be wrong. And finally, do not think that you're just going to be able to fly under the radar on this. At some point, it's going to catch up to you and it has it really has the potential to put you out of business with the back taxes, the penalties, the fines, etc. that come from misclassification. So if you're saying, I have a worker that should be an employee, but I'm just going to fly under the radar, I would highly recommend against that. So now that you have this information, I hope that you can start to analyze your current workers to see if anything needs to change or take it into consideration when you do that next hire, when you bring that next contractor or employee into your business. Again, we went through the definitions from the IRS website. What is an independent contractor? What is an employee? Much of those answers come down to control. Um, and, and this is a big deal. Again, this this debate between independent contractor versus employee is a big deal because both federal and state agencies are attacking businesses that are incorrectly classifying their workers. Now, again, Many businesses and many workers would prefer prefer to be independent contractors. The business, because they don't have to withhold taxes. They don't have to pay benefits. They're not subject to most labor laws. The, The workers, because they're able to deduct expenses against that income that they're receiving. But the states and the federal agencies actually would prefer them to be classified as employees because they're they're ensuring that they're going to get those tax withholdings. They're going to get prepayments on them. They know that employees are going to be protected by those federal uh, laws that protect worker rights. So again, this is not an, a, a, a topic that you want to try to trick the government on. Just to, to you know, go through the parameters and find out what the right classification is. When it comes to the IRS side, they give kind of three general rules, uh, behavior, financial, and the type of the relationship. Again, uh, the behavioral piece is, does the company have control or have the right to control what the worker does and how the work is going to be done? If so, it's going to tend to be an employee. Are the business aspects of the worker's job controlled by the payer? Things like how they're paid, uh, whether expenses are reimbursed or not, who provides the tools or supplies, that's going to be something that you want to check out. And again, the type of the relationship. Do you have a, a, a contract in place? Are you paying for vacation pay? Are you offering benefits? That's going to help to say, yeah, this is probably an employee or independent contractor. And remember, as part of our tax minimization program, we have a full worksheet and checklist of all these questions that's going to you're going to answer yes or no to, and that's going to kind of spit out whether it's independent contractor or employee. And then you can take the data of all those questions to kind of collaborate them together and say, okay, yeah, it's going to be pretty clear cut typically when you go through that worksheet. If you're not a member of our tax minimization program, join now, go to taxsavingspodcast.com forward slash tax. We also talked about the AB5 law and how it's uh, the California law about how it's a little bit more strict and and really uh 
threw a wrench in this independent contractor idea, even in places where maybe it wasn't intended to. Luckily, they have clawed back that with some exemptions that we talked about. Um, Again, don't make mistakes here. If it's an employee, treat them as an employee. If it's an independent contractor, great. Nothing wrong with that. Just make sure you're documenting on why you believe it's an independent contractor. I hope that was helpful. One last thing I want to remind you of is we have our Small Business Tax Savings Summit that's coming up June 14th and 15th, and we have a special promo code just for podcast guests. It's $100 off of our of our summit. This is going to be a two-day virtual event, action-packed with tax tips, how you set up your business for success, and so much more. If you're interested in that $100 off, the promo code is podcast taxes. You can sign up at taxsavingspodcast.com forward slash summit. And again, the $100 off is for podcast listeners only, only and the, the promo code is podcast taxes. I want to thank you for listening to another episode. I hope this was helpful in helping you determine whether your workers should be classified as independent contractors or employees. And I will see you guys next week.